ever feel like the government continues to usurp more and more control over your daily life? What's the solution? Well, it probably isn't to create even more government. Better Dead Than Red begins now. Welcome back to Better Dead Than Red. A lot of things have been going on this week. I wasn't originally planning on making any comments about the uh, the Rittenhouse trial because you know it impacts a lot of things. And personally, I think it's a good thing as far as the uh, Second Amendment and self defense goes. But a lot of the posts I've seen around the internet regarding it are basically the argument that well, you know, if if uh, Kyle was a a black man, he wouldn't have gotten off. And it's interesting because this other case of uh, Andrew Coffey, the fifth, fourth, or the fourth, um, I, I just found out about this today. Um, it, it's a very interesting case because this guy actually defended himself against a uh, no-knock raid, essentially, and was firing at the police. He was found not guilty. And he was completely acquitted except for the fact that he had some... Uh, prior convictions, and he was a felon. And because of that, and because of the, the laws we have in this country, for some reason, you know, you'd, you'd think if you uh, had a right to do something that the government wouldn't be able to take it away. But in this country, there's a 101 different ways they can take away your Second Amendment rights. And unfortunately, his had been stripped, and the only thing they could get him on was, well, he possessed a firearm, even though everything he else that he did... The jury said, you know, said he wasn't guilty of committing a crime, which I agree with 100%. But of course, they want to, they want, they're going to want to hang this guy. So they have this uh, essentially a possession of firearms by a felon, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a victimless crime because who's uh, victimized by anyone possessing a firearm that doesn't use it to harm someone else? And in fact, in this case, Mr. Coffee used it to, defend his life against what he believed was a deadly threat and it, and it definitely was if you're asleep in the middle of the night somebody kicks your door and what are you going to do you know and they don't announce themselves that's why it's a no-knock warrant they just kick the door in and go for it so you know i don't feel bad at all for anybody that would have been injured or whatever going these these this shouldn't be a thing and it definitely shouldn't be a thing because how many times have we heard stories of they, you know, they hit the wrong house or, you know, they shoot somebody's dog at the wrong house or it's just, it's ridiculous. So if there's one takeaway, if you're looking at all and you're going to see all this stuff about Rittenhouse, you'll see some rebuttals with the Mr. Coffee stuff. Well, and I guess it's kind of funny when you say Mr. Coffee because it doesn't, uh, <laughs> sounds like a, uh, a brand of coffee maker, not a person, but we're talking about a person here. And this is a really important case because of the outcome of this case. And I've said it again and again and again, all of these so-called common sense gun control laws that people want to pass, Mr. Coffee is a victim of that. He did nothing wrong. Now, granted, he's made some mistakes in his past. I don't know exactly what his record was, what he was convicted of, and personally, I don't care. If a person can be trusted to not be behind bars, if you can trust a person to be out on the street 
then you should be able to trust them with a weapon. If you can't trust them with a weapon, then they shouldn't be out on the street. If you're an American and you live in this country, you have the right to bear arms. And there are a lot of people that like to try and pick that apart and say, oh, but that was only for the militia, this and that. That's a topic for another, for another episode. But I'm sure at some point I will get to that because it's very important. But for you folks out there that want to, you know, complain about how the government's keeping the black man down, well, th- this should be your number one example because this guy defended his life, was acquitted of any wrongdoing other than because he made some bad choices in his past. Now he's going to go to jail for like, I think it's like 30 years because he possessed a firearm because the government decided that he was a felon and whatever he did in his past. I think that's pretty stupid. That's just my take on it. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that argue with me, but oh, but you know, felons, they must be bad people or whatever. Well, what a lot of people don't realize when it comes to gun rights, it's not just felonies that'll strip away your rights. There's all kinds of misdemeanors and lesser charges, especially in Pennsylvania, if it vol- involves uh, domestic violence. Um, there's other prohibiting things. If you have a uh, medical marijuana card, you're not allowed to possess firearms. I mean, h- how stupid do these laws have to get until people are just like, you know, it's, it's time to start getting rid of some of these complete victimless crimes that takes away someone's constitutional rights. You know, what, what if, you know, if you're convicted of such and such a crime, you no longer have the right to free speech. You no longer have the right to an attorney. You no longer have the right to due process. Most people would agree there's a serious problem with that, but they're perfectly fine with taking guns away from anybody that the government deems to be unworthy. So is it really a right? Is it? That's something everybody should think about. And with the amount of laws and the amount of stupid laws that we have on the books, I think it's time that we start getting rid of some of these and uh, start maybe pretending to be a free country for real again. Now, that's just my opinion. But uh, I'd love to hear anybody else's thoughts on that as to why certain people should be second-class citizens after they've done their time or paid their fines or done whatever the uh, courts decided was necessary to atone for their alleged sins, which, once again, like I said, most of these laws are victimless crimes to begin with, but even if they aren't, you know, what would be more likely if a person, you know, say they're in jail for a while, they get back out, they're back into society looking for a job, it's going to be harder to find a job now because you're automatically treated like a second-class citizen right out of the gate. So what is going to make a person more likely to want to be a decent human being, you know, and, and live amongst everybody else peacefully than treating them like a human being instead of acting like they're a second-class citizen and everybody else is better than them because they did something stupid in their past. I think we've all done stupid stuff. It's just most people don't get caught. I think that's the biggest difference. So it's something to think about. Now, I'm sure anyone that's uh, local to Central PA or Blair County was aware of uh, corrections officer Rhonda Russell was killed 
earlier this week, and this this is a this is a tough topic to discuss because I know it. it there's so many people that are going to be on one side and be like, oh, you know, the, the cop is just doing his job and couldn't have done anything wrong. And I'm not second guessing any decisions that were made that day. My main point that I want to make is the security and the security procedures at the district courts are a joke. And the fact that it has been allowed to go on like this for this long is ridiculous and inexcusable and it ultimately got someone killed. Now, that does not necessarily, in my opinion, and the opinion of many others, excuse the officer from the choices he made. Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and everybody will accuse you of, oh, you're playing Monday morning quarterback and you weren't there. No, I wasn't there. I didn't happen upon the situation. I didn't see what he saw, and I didn't have an opportunity to make a decision. However, when you do make a decision like that and you decide to discharge your firearm, you are responsible for where the rounds go, period. That's not debatable. I don't care if you're a private citizen, if you're law enforcement, whatever. You you can be over in the desert. You're responsible for where those rounds end up. And think for a second, if it was a private citizen that was involved in this, Think about that. Their name would have already been out there. They would have already been charged with manslaughter. And I guess before I get too far ahead of myself, anyone who isn't familiar with this situation, there was an inmate uh, being held for a preliminary hearing over at the district magistrate's office, uh, right down from me here, Central Court. And From what I've ascertained from outside sources other than just what the media has been putting out, the inmate that did this, that put all this in motion, he he has a long uh, criminal record. He had been talking all day about basically he wanted to die. I think he was essentially looking for a suicide by cop, and unfortunately he lived. Um, The corrections officer didn't. But the issue here is that he was running his mouth to everybody. And then somehow he ends up one-on-one with a female corrections officer. I guess he was going to take a leak or something. Manages to slip at least one of his handcuffs. And is struggling with her for her firearm. An Altoona police officer... I guess, comes around the corner and decides to make a shot. Now, the media has done a great job of convoluting and just muddying the waters on this story because uh, WTA Joke put out this story earlier in the week that was, it had some things, some things were accurate, but then it said that the, the officer that came around the corner to witness the inmate and the corrections officer basically fighting over the gun fired a warning shot. There were a lot of problems with that right off the bat. Number one, 
I cannot think of a single police department that would ever train people to fire warning shots. And I know for a fact that the Altoona Police Department, that's, that's policy that it's strictly forbidden to take warning shots. And there are plenty of reasons for that. I'm sure there will be people out there that disagree that, oh, you know, this, yeah, Joe Biden was right. All you got to do is, if you're at home, you know, defending your home, all you got to do is walk out back with your double barrel shotgun and clock off those two and scare whoever away. Well, whether we're talking about law enforcement or, you know, you're a private individual defending your property, the only thing a warning shot really does is tell the other person that you don't really want to have to shoot them. So some people, it could actually embolden them depending on them. I mean, and if, they, if they've got the balls to, you know, break into your house in the first place, a lot of these mythical ideas of, oh, I'll just rack my shotgun or do, do this or that. No, they, they've already made up their mind that they're willing to take on a certain amount of danger. So you're probably going to have to do more than try to scare them away. And I think that's a problem a lot of people have is they think having a firearm is some kind of magic talisman, and it's not. You have to be prepared to use it, okay? And and this applies to everything, whether whether we're talking law enforcement, private citizens, whatever. In that situation, if deadly force is justified, you could almost use it against the person that fires the warning shot and say, okay, well, the standard for using deadly force, which essentially discharging a firearm is using deadly force, the standard for that is that you believe you're in fear for your life. If you believed you were in fear for your life, but you took a warning shot instead, well, if you believe you're in fear for your life, why didn't you shoot the person, right? And this didn't happen, okay? This was fake news that some asshole over at WTAJ just decided they were going to put out on the internet, post post on the internet, and it was out there. So me looking at that, you know, I mean, I don't believe everything the media says, but I'm thinking, okay, so the guy just decided to clack one off for whatever reason, it magically hits the CO and kills her. It, it seemed plausible I don't know why anyone in their right mind would do that, but at the same time, I know there's some issues with, you know, training, and a lot of those guys over at APD are pretty young. But then it comes out that they totally made that up. So already, the media is putting out stuff that they just make up, and that's ridiculous. There's no reason for that. And whoever wrote that should be fired. The media's job is to report the facts, okay? I'm not a journalist, okay? I'm, I'm more of an analyst. So I take the facts that I have at hand. I take kind of what I know off the top of my head, maybe some other outside sources, and I kind of try to put it all together and break things down or say, you know, here, think about this or think about that. Maybe take a different angle than anybody else would. But when you work for major media... I understand it's it's local news, but that to me is still major media. If you're at a newspaper, a TV station, whatever, you should be putting out the facts. If at any time when you're sitting there, you're like, well, I'll just throw this in because it sounds good, you shouldn't have a job. You shouldn't be working there, period, period. And that that's that's my my thoughts on that. So anyway, this 
and this is a horrible tragedy, okay? This uh, Ronda Russell that was killed, from what I've heard from multiple people, she was, she was one of the best at her job. You know, she did her job. You talk to anybody in any career field, talk to CEOs, like, you'll know there's good ones and there's bad ones. Well, she was one of the good ones. And unfortunately, whether we're talking about law enforcement or CEOs or whatever, it always seems like it's the good ones that get killed in these situations. And I have to wonder how maybe that plays into this. But my thoughts on what, what it comes down to with this officer that decided to pull the trigger. Because he, got, he, he came around the corner and I don't even know for sure because you can't from what the media said and from other sources. There's so many different stories out there. So I don't know what he came upon exactly. I don't know the specifics. You know, you're in that situation in the heat of the moment. You got to make a decision. He made his decision. That's fine. His decision got Rhonda Russell killed. He shot her. He made that choice. I'm not going to second guess his decision. However, at the same time, like I said, you are accountable. No matter who you are, you are accountable for where your rounds go. And the way that the, the narrative that... I don't know if it's just the law enforcement or the establishment, what's going on here, but they are trying to push this narrative because they already charged the inmate who was wrestling with her with homicide. How is that going to hold up? The inmate didn't pull the trigger. Sure, he might have put everything in motion, and I don't disagree that without him doing what he did, this situation doesn't exist. But it goes to show that if the officer doesn't discharge his weapon, Rhonda might still be here. There's still accountability there. And the thing that really irritates me is when you look at these, these dumb cases, like the drug cases, you know, even these ones where it's over a bag of weed. You know, the first thing that, that the district attorney's office, whether it was Consiglio, whether it's Weeks, whatever, the first thing they always say is, oh, it's about accountability. It's about accountability. They broke the law, blah, 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 blah. All right, fine. Then explain to me in this situation, you look at the definition of manslaughter in Pennsylvania, how is the officer that pulled that trigger not on the line with that? Why is he not being charged with manslaughter? And I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not the kind of person that wants to see them throw the book at anybody, you know, law enforcement or not. But at the same time, I do believe that law enforcement should be held to a higher standard. And if there ever was a such, such a situation where a private citizen was involved in an incident similar to this, they would have already been charged. They would have been all over the TV. You know, it, it would have been, it would have been a, a media feeding frenzy. But now we don't get hardly any information hardly any information, and then the media is putting stuff out to muddy the waters. Whether or not that's intentional, whether or not it's incompetence, I have no idea. I only know that it happened. I know for an absolute fact that WTA joke reported false information. So back to accountability in terms of the officer and what should happen to him. I have two examples, the first of which was a, uh, a man who is, I believe, is from Taiwan, 
couple years ago. He was coming down Interstate 99. We had just had a uh, pretty nasty snowstorm. And he was going a little bit faster than he should have. But I believe this, he hadn't been here very long. I don't think he had probably ever driven in the snow, maybe even seen snow before. And he lost control of his vehicle and clipped a PennDOT worker and killed him. And the Blair County District Attorney's Office charged him with vehicular homicide simply because this man admitted to the Pennsylvania State Police that he was operating the vehicle above the posted speed limit. So they also charged him with operating the vehicle at an unsafe speed for conditions, whatever that statute is. I can't recall off the top of my head. But that was what basically satisfied the vehicular homicide charge instead of like a manslaughter charge, which I think would be much more appropriate in that situation. But it comes down to the way they like to push this accountability on everybody else except themselves, right? Another example, there was a, uh, a mother who was, I can't remember if this was, I think this might have been in Clearville, Clearfield County, but uh, she had her, at least one child in the car, and she was coming down a, like a back road and took a turn a little too fast, ended up going off the road. Um, her child was killed. And they, they charged her with vehicular homicide and something else because she was going too fast. And, you know, when I look at these situations, I have to wonder. I mean, think about the guy that came over here from Taiwan, you know. He, he probably never even saw snow before in his life. And you, do you think he feels good? about killing that PennDOT worker, like, you realize he's got to wake up every day the rest of his life and live with that. So now on top of that, the government has to come in and punish him. The same way with the mother who lost her child, and, and she wasn't under the influence of anything when that happened either. You know, that'd be understandable. If somebody gets behind the wheel and they're messed up and getting an accident and their kid ends up dead, then yeah, you know. E even then, it's like, they... They lost their kid. Like, what the hell else are you going to do to them that's worse than that? You know? But here comes the government to ensure accountability. But it sure is funny that, uh, well, when the government screws up or government employees screw up, that's not the uh, that's not the narrative we get. We don't get that hard nose. We want justice. We want, you know, are we going to get justice for Rhonda Russell? Because I don't think that's going to happen simply by hanging out that inmate to dry. The same guy who was looking for a suicide by a cop that he didn't get. Instead, uh, Rhonda got killed. So, where's the accountability? Are, are we going to get some accountability? Or are we just going to keep pushing these stupid narratives and maybe have the Altoona Smear and WTA joke put out some more BS? I don't know. I'm, I'm really not sure how this one's going to play out. But if I was the community, I would make sure that uh, I was letting the local officials know that we're not going to forget about this and we want some actual accountability for what happened that day. Like I said, this isn't about, you know, 
Monday morning quarterback, and I'm sure there's the 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 diehard people that have to support the cops no matter how wrong they are and say, you know, oh, you're you're just second guessing his no. I'm not second guessing his decision. I get it. He made he made the decision. I I have no idea what he walked into, so I can't make a decision and say I would have done this, I would have done that. I don't know, but I can say that at any point if I discharged a firearm, I would be responsible for where the rounds ended up. And if they ended up in the wrong person, guess what? That would be on me, and I would be held accountable, as would any of you. Those are just the facts. And honestly, that's the way it should be. That's what accountability is all about. But it's funny how it it always, <laughs> anytime that it's the government that's involved, accountability gets a little bit skewed, or maybe a lot of bit skewed. But it's up to the public to ensure that doesn't happen here. And once again, I don't necessarily think that the guy should go to jail or anything for this. Because once again, from the human side of it, he's got to wake up every day. And remember, he was the one that shot Rhonda. And he's the reason she died, because he made the call that he made didn't work out the way that he expected it to. So in that sense, there is that personal accountability that he has. But had he not have a badge, there'd be the government accountability that would come along and, you know, kind of just make a bad situation worse. But if we're going to hold police officers to a higher standard, then something needs to happen here. Period. It's non-negotiable. You can't just put out a bunch of crap and these weird narratives and expect people to be like, oh, this is perfectly acceptable what happened. Then when you look at the security situation at these district courts, it's a joke. And I think the way a lot of things are done around Blair County is, well, that'll never happen here. Or, you know, the way we do things, it's good enough. Well, it's not good enough. Because your security procedures... Got somebody killed. The obvious question would be, why in the hell was a female corrections officer taking a male to take a leak? There should have been a male guard on that. You keep the door open. You watch them. You don't have any privacy as an inmate in that situation because there's more than one way they could... uh, put themselves in a position to have the upper hand if they wanted to challenge a guard. So you keep an eye on them and make sure they don't do anything like that. So if there's anything, there's no bright side here. This is a horrible tragedy. But if you want to look at going forward, because that, that'll be the first thing I thought, well, going forward, we want to do this, or we want to do that. Well, how about you look at your security procedures and get your ducks in a row a little bit? Because the way you're doing things doesn't work. It was only a matter of time before something like this happened. And now it happened. So what are you going to do to fix it? That's all I got for today. Hope you guys uh, maybe got something out of it. And hopefully there will be some accountability. But I think the community is going to have to come together on this one and really kind of demand demand that uh, what needs to be done is done because they're going to drag their feet otherwise. So 
Until next time, in memory of Jay Stark, live free or effing die.